0: Hey, this is Todd Stacy. Welcome to In the Weeds with Alabama Daily News. Once again, riding solo this week, um, Mary is a little under the weather and wasn't feeling quite up to co-hosting duties uh, quite yet. Um, you know, it's one of those fall colds. We're all going to get it eventually, uh, just with the weather changing. You can probably hear my voice is a little raspy, maybe <laughs> hope, it, hope it holds on uh, to the weekend. But we have a Special guest this week, uh, Jerry Carl, Congressman Jerry Carl from Alabama's first district, and this is actually an interview we've been um, planning for a while, mostly because we wanted some inside, you know, perspective on the speaker's ordeal, right? The whole the three week fiasco that was the speaker's race. Um, Plus the whole, you know, Kevin McCarthy, I mean, just the whole situation. And, you know, whenever I talk to Jerry Carl over the years, he's just kind of an open book. You know, a lot of politicians are very guarded and, and really maybe overly measured in what they say. He just kind of lets it all hang out. And so, if someone, so when you want like an inside scoop, that's exactly who you want to talk to. So we had been planning for that. And... It just so happened that the week that it worked out, it, there was even bigger news. And that is uh, that he is now being challenged in the Republican primary by Barry Moore, Congressman Barry Moore from the current second district. Obviously, you know, we've talked a lot about how the districts were redrawn uh, essentially by the courts, by a special master, and uh, Barry Moore's home county of Coffee. Uh, is now in the first district. It was taken out of the second district, put in the first district. so he he had a couple of choices. do you do you try to run in the second district, even though you don't live there and knowing that that's a pretty likely democratic pickup, or do you run in the district you're in, challenging a you know delegation member and also a pretty uphill battle because of the population um, differential. and so, Moore, obviously, chose this week to challenge Carl to run in that primary. So it's going to be a really interesting race. So, of, co- so of course, we talked a lot about that. And, um, again, he's kind of an open book. He's, he's, he says, bring it on. He has no um, hesitation at all. And, you know, uh, you'll, you'll appreciate that that part of the interview. I am eager for this, this race to go. I mean, um, when you cover politics for a living, you you know it's it's good when we have interesting elections and we're going to have a couple here in the southern part of alabama i mean the the second district is probably the most interesting with on the democratic side so many people getting in the race i mean i expect there to be i mean seven eight nine candidates when it's all said and done um but uh, but now we have a primary in this in the first district and you know, we, uh, Congressman Carl and I get into some of the outside forces that might um, appear and might uh, play a role in this race, uh, namely uh, Club for Growth that was active in both the second and the first um, back in 2020. So um, a lot to look forward to in terms of covering that race, which, look, remember the election's in March. So all this is... Just this compressed schedule that is, is going to be interesting. We also talked about some, well, we did very much get into the speaker's race issue, and he has some very interesting insights about that. Also, talked about some issues, you know, the, the, the NOAA decision involving the Rice's whale, and they denied the uh, proposal to really slow down the waterways there. Big win for him and the delegation. Talked about the port, just the future of the port. Um, So, good interview. Really appreciate Congressman Carl coming on the show. And uh, without further ado, here's my interview with Congressman Jerry Carl. Pleased to be joined by Congressman Jerry Carl from Alabama's 1st District. Uh, Congressman, thanks for coming on in the weeds.
1: Great to be with you.
0: Well, um, so we had actually been planning on chatting with you about. Really, you know, the speaker's race, everything that's been going on in Washington for the past three weeks with all the chaos and everything, plus appropriations. But now there's there's even more topical news, more um, late breaking news that you've got an opponent. You've got a primary opponent, and he's a- actually also a fellow member of the delegation. Barry Moore, Congressman Barry Moore, um, from the current second district, um, has been drawn into the first and has made the decision to run in the primary, effectively challenging you. So did let me ask you first, did you did you see this coming at all?
1: I, you know I did the story of my life is you know I'm playing for worst case scenario and hope for the best. and i I really felt like Barry was going to do that. Obviously, I was hoping that he would not. Uh, but we're in the race. Uh, neither one of us are here because we want to be here running against one another but we're here because of the drawing of the map obviously and and the courts uh courts making their changes and you know when they redrew it 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 put it both in the same district so again neither one of us where we want to be but uh, we're where we're at and we've got to run a race i i started uh, about four months ago working in the wiregrass area trying to reach out to local elected officials there as well as state and uh we've we've done i think a fantastic job of uh starting to develop some relationships over there learning what the needs are uh it uh it, it's it's interesting over there in the Wiregrass. it's uh you know a lot of peanuts a lot of cotton and a lot of helicopters that's and that's right. what they focus on yeah and that i mean our our defense our army and training of helicopters is so important and, uh, you know, that, that's where obviously the, uh, the old Fort Rooker uh, is so important to our, our safety in this country. So we're, we're going to really focus on that, and see what we can do to improve some housing and some other needs there. Uh, they're looking at a drone program that they've been trying to, to bring in there, but there's some housing issues been holding up. So myself being on, uh, ex, on uh, uh, um, the uh, armed service committee. I still got some real strong relationships there, and I think we'll be able to help them pull some of that together, bring some jobs, and uh, back to Alabama. That's where they need to be. But it, it's, a, you know, it's a race that, that um, it, it'll be interesting. We've got four months to put all this together, four months to raise money, four months to put a campaign together, four months to do everything we're supposed to have about a year to, to do. So uh, it, it's off and running, and we're well involved in it. Uh, again, I started four months ago. You know, the fundraising side—you have—we'll have to advertise and go to market Pensacola as well as Mobile uh, TV market, and maybe even Montgomery. I'm not sure yet. We haven't verified that one. So, TV time's always expensive. You know, as you well know, business you're in. Um,
0: yeah. Well, and I, I mean, I've uh, been a part of. Uh, multiple races in that second district when the old second district, when it was basically Montgomery media market, Dothan media market, but you didn't have to contend with mobile. Um, that really changes things. And, um, and, and Dothan was relatively cheap. Montgomery was more expensive, but I'm I'm pretty sure mobile is more expensive than both of them. So um, that may be a challenge that uh, Congressman Moore, you know, That'll be a new one uh, for him. Yeah, as well as Pensacola
1: now. Yeah, Pensacola, you know, that that goes into Wiregrass as well as into Mobile. You know, that goes into Scambia County, for example. So there's a lot of votes you got to reach out of Pensacola, also.
0: Sure. Um, I think that's one reason why it is an expensive district, is it, uh, or or, uh, media market. But let me ask you this because I'm thinking back to previous elections. And I'm thinking about outside influence, outside money, um, specifically Club for Growth. They came after you in that open seat race, right? I mean, I don't know how many millions, but it was a significant yeah. tax on you.
1: I, I don't know that we'll ever know the exact amount, but I think it was around two and a half million. Yeah. Uh, we fully expect them to do the same thing in, in this race. Well, that's uh, what I, I was gonna
0: I, ask you because they act so they actually went you survived that. You overcame all those attacks, went on to win the race. Uh, in the second district, they, I, were they were supporting Barry more.
1: They were. They're, they're big supporters of Barry. Barry uh, will will obviously pick up the support from them. Again, how much they want to put into the race. You know, they're not just gonna throw money at races, they they're gonna look at the race. You know, are they more interested in the Senate race because they've got X amount of dollars they they have to work with, so they have to spread it out where they need it. Is it worth coming after me? Uh, it, you know, it's there, there's a lot of elements that will figure in there. But again, I plan for the worst and hope for the best. Worst case scenarios, I've got to run against them too. So, you know, we have that in our plan. Uh, we we we've thought through this.
0: How did you do uh, that there- last time? What what was what were the key? factors to overcoming those attacks. Cause I mean that's just that's a game changer when millions of dollars get spent.
1: Well, you know, it was thirty days of every day a different flyer coming out. Uh, you know, it had me dressed up as a lizard crawling out of a swamp and I mean you you name it, they had they had some of the most bizarre stuff that uh you know, I'd never been to Washington, but yet they they had me well connected with Washington part you know, to speak of. But um, it it's uh it gets it gets monotonous, but you have to you have to consider your base. I mean, sixty percent of this district I've been serving for the last four years, three and a half years. They know me. You know, they, I, my record. I'll run on my record. You know, if if there's there's questions about me being uh, whatever they want to label me, which you know who who knows. You don't have to be guilty of anything to be accused of stuff in politics. So. Uh, it it, it does, if, it's, if, it's, if it's club if it's corporate growth it could be virtually anybody uh, outside mm-hmm. group there's a lot of outside groups, a lot of outside influences. I don't anticipate any uh, other outside groups. I know there'll probably be some that will help from the fundraising side but you know hopefully I'll have some that'll help me from the fundraising side. but uh, the club for growth is, is uh, definitely one we're prepared for. Yeah, well, I think we've done a good job. I, I think uh, you, you know how do you defend yourself? Well, just look at my record. Fair enough. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Well, have the you mentioned going to the Wiregrass a bunch in your conversations? I mean, do, are they um, in your conversations with folks over there? Are they open to the idea of, of being uh, represented by someone who lives in Mobile?
1: Not really, I, and I don't blame them. You know they they they're used to having someone in the wiregrass from the wiregrass and and now they they've been stripped of that uh, it, so it, it's it's uh, somewhat offensive to them and I don't blame them they don't blame me now don't don't get me wrong it's just like the city of Mobile I lose the, the <laughs> I lose the one town that that you know that that I was born in Mobile I lose Mobile and Pritchard it gets pulled out of course I keep the rest of the Mobile County which I'm excited about that. But it's, you know, the Wiregrass folks have been very receptive, though, don't get me wrong. They're excited. I bring some new ideas, some fresh ideas. You know, when I'm talking to them about economic development stuff, when I'm talking to them about projects that we, you know, want to look at, you know, I've reached out to the Enterprise, for example. I've been working with their, their elected officials there, getting some ideas, whether it's infrastructure. As a county commissioner, I understand infrastructure. I I said as a joke, but, but, you know, I, I love the smell of asphalt first thing in the morning. I, I love road projects. Uh, so, you know, it's uh, that, that new I bring to the table and that, that's exciting for them. But the idea of them having to get someone new that will be from the Gulf Coast is quite honestly, you know, not, not offensive, but it, it, uh, you know, it, it it is what it is at the end of the day. We have to yeah. work with it, and people realize that. They've been they've been very nice about it.
0: Well, we're going to be following it closely. It's going to be an interesting race, a um, couple of interesting races.
1: Well, um, yeah, there, I'm going to say that the national – it seems to be getting a lot of national attention, too. I, I don't know exactly where this is going, but, okay, it's just, you know, two good old boys from Alabama running against one another, but – I guess they're going to turn it into something much more than that.
0: I mean, are y'all, are y'all friends? You're all pretty friendly. Of
1: course we are. Sure.
0: Yeah.
1: We work here on the floor. He's a part of my whip team, uh, which for those who don't understand it, I've got four people. We've got a bill that we want to make sure we got votes that will go out. I'll go and sit and talk to them and Barry's on my whip team. And I'll say, Barry, this, this is the way, you know, I'm voting. How are you going to vote on this issue? And, He'll share with me, and I'll pass it back to the whip team. So, no, we talk all the time. We're very cordial. Yeah, no reason not to be. We're well, both. We'll be, we're both here, and we don't want to be. Understand? So we're, yep. We're going to make it a race.
0: Well, let's switch gears and talk about this speaker's race situation. We now have a new speaker of the house. Um, he seems to be settling in. Obviously, it was unanimous amongst. Um, House Republicans on the floor, and I suppose in conference as well. But it, but it took three weeks. And I, I saw some of your comments, uh, some from the delegation. I spoke with Congressman Palmer on Capitol Journal. Seemed like a very frustrating three weeks just there dealing with internal co- uh, conference politics. Is that Take us inside there. I mean, what was it like to be in that three-week ordeal with going through multiple ballots for Speaker?
1: Well, first of all, McCarthy being brought up by by one person and then a handful throwing him out, that just got the hornet's nest stirred up. I mean, everybody was mad. And then for the next three weeks, I think everybody pretty much got everything on their mind and off their chest that they wanted to say to one another. Uh, it uh, it got pretty rough at some point, place, and times, and they would, they would send us home. And separate us and send us home. We were sitting in there. Some of those days were fifteen hours with no breaks. Uh, Yeah, it wasn't it wasn't as simple as just getting together two hours every now and then. It was it was solid work. But the tension would get tight. They would send us home. But we worked through so much. I mean, we 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 voted on two other speakers, two other votes, and again, those vote counts take forever. It took us about an hour fifteen minutes for every vote. Uh, one day we had five votes to give you some example at some some point, Reverend. So it was a lot of time, a lot of sitting, and you know these class A personalities—they're all jumping up and running around the room. They don't have cell phones. Uh, we left everything outside in little cubby holes, so it, it it got it got pretty tense But a lot of people got a lot of things off their chest so I sat there and stayed as quiet as I could. I, I like to listen more than I do talk. That's just my nature. Uh, we, we got down to Mike. Mike Johnson. Uh, and in fact, I just got a phone the Kevin McCarthy. He called me. just got back from London. and I was kidding him because he sounded so good. He'd been over there on a debate at Oxford University. I said, we should have fired you earlier. He sound happy. And, and he was. He, he, was having a, he was enjoying himself. I mean, he spent... The, the load is off,
0: right? The, the, the burden yeah, the is lo- gone. Yeah, load is
1: off. Yeah. So, uh, but you know, he he wants to make sure Mike Mike's taken care of, and, and things are running well. And you know, Kevin's a team player. He's a team player. But but we got Mike. I'm telling you, people, are loving Mike. The more they learn about Mike, the more they like him. I mean, Mike is is one of those people. When I first got elected, I, I really had a tremendous amount of respect for, him, and I plugged into. Uh he, he's very solid in his faith. Uh, I can't say that enough. He's a Baptist minister. Most people don't know that about him. He and his wife have a ministry they minister uh, counsel families. Um, he's done a lot. Uh, he's a uh, constitutional lawyer by education, but he's done a lot with the right to life uh, issue. Uh, very very pro life. Uh, he's written a, a, a lot of stuff. I think he worked for James Dobson at one point. I may be wrong about that, but he he worked with some some pretty influential people in in the Christian industry. And what you see is the way he is, whether it's in private life or whether it's in public life, he's the same person, which is very unusual up here. You usually see a split personality of some some magnitude, but but Mike's such a, a neat guy. So right now we're all united, we're all working together. Everybody's feelings are healing. Uh, you know, we're getting past uh, hurt feelings, and and uh, we've got a lot coming up. We've got uh, two preparation packages, I think, this week that we'll we'll get on the floor. Uh, we, as well as the Israeli uh, funds, where where we worked hard to get that separated from the Ukraine money, because we know the Ukraine money is going to be hard for some some folks to vote on, because uh, we've spent so much money over there. And I get a lot of pushback from people in my district. Now we'll send all this money to Ukraine, yet we won't stop the, border. we won't fix the border. So we're managing to get that separated. So we'll, we'll get to vote on the uh, uh, Israel money first. And I think you'll see that go uh, some pretty high marks on that one. Everybody's in support of that, other than, you know, a handful of, of folks, especially on the Democrat side. But uh, Nick, then we'll work on our preparation stuff and try to get those passed, too. Uh-huh. You mentioned working as a team.
0: You mentioned teamwork, like Kevin McCarthy being a team player. You like to work on teams. Um, I've, I've argued before that uh, Congress, politics, and especially Congress, is a team sport. You are only as good as the team, uh, especially when it comes to a very slim majority. Um, So it it just it requires teamwork. And yet in recent years, there's just been this incentive amongst a handful of members to kind of place their own political um, interests above that of the team. And that's how it breaks down. That's how you get a speaker. And
1: that's what we saw. And that's what we saw with McCarthy, with them picking McCarthy off with, with, with that handful of people. But the problem is, it's not just kicking him off. The, the, the problem is there was no plan to replace That's when it started. To right. break. That's when it broke down. So if you're gonna, you know, my grandfather used to say, "Any old mule can kick the walls out of a barn, but it takes a set of skilled hands to build a barn." Well, mm-hmm. we 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 had to find that set of skilled hands. So there is an element in the Republican Party and the Democrat Party, in politics in general. They just want to tear stuff up. They had no plan to fix it. They want to tear it up. And that is so how not does what that change? Countries... Like how does
0: how well, do we change that incentive to where it's it's you know, it's they the they understand that it's it, better off as a team.
1: The only way you fix it up here is you get more like minded people that want to govern. You know, in in, in governing, you don't get your way. You know, uh, Ronald Reagan said it best, I'd rather have 80% of what I want than 0% of, of anything else. So, you know, it's, it's an 80-20 gamble up here. And it is a team sport, and it is a relationship business. I mean, the, the person you're arguing with on the floor, whether Democrat or Republican, you come off that floor, you can't carry that chip on your shoulder. You know, if you're going to be sitting next to that person tomorrow at lunch and, and dinner and, uh, you know, that's one of the things up here that used to be very special about it is when all the members would actually live up here with their families. Uh-huh. Because what they said on the floor, one thing, when they got home, that person they already with on the floor, their wife and their kids were at their house. They were having a birthday party. So it used to be there were some very strong relationships, especially on, between the two parties. You know, we can, we can, again, we can debate. Also, we can debate um, issues, but you know, you just can't take it off the floor. You can't, you can't do what so many people want to do—is just tear everything up. This country's torn up enough. You know, we need to focus on how we can bring this country together, and not tear it further apart. Because we're all different. We all feel different. We all view, have views that are different.
0: Well, you mentioned appropriations and the work that's going on there, and that's really the next step, right? Um, and so we'll we'll be eagerly watching that process and the, the ping pong that goes on between uh, y'all and the Senate. Um, but, I, you know, there's this breaking news this week that um, your chairman uh, of the House Appropriations Committee, Kay Granger, is not going to seek another term. And so she, she um, that puts in place your delegation colleague, Robert Adderholt, at least in position. I know the steering committee has to decide and all that kind of stuff but he could be the next chairman of the appropriations committee if the majority. He, he,
1: sure, he sure could. So the steering committee I'm not on, obviously Gary, Gary Palmer's uh, our representative on the steering committee, uh, but it could be. And and Kay, and you look at Kay Granger and her life. I mean, she was a teacher with a single mom with two kids and couldn't afford, couldn't afford to feed them uh, on a teacher's salary and got in real estate and Uh, I mean, she has just worked herself up the ladder, and she's at a point in her life now. She, she just wants to enjoy grandkids and stay home. Uh, It it, it's grueling up here on the traveling between traveling hours that we work up here. It gets grueling. I don't see how a lot of people do that, especially some of these mothers with young children. I just don't see how they do it. But uh, you know, they 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 believe enough in this country, and they believe enough in their their. Their beliefs in the direction that this country wants to go—that they're willing to sacrifice that. And Lord Kay, Miss Kay, I call her. She has sacrificed so much for this country. I read that this morning. I was not surprised. I wasn't surprised because I've watched her, especially the last three weeks, going through this leadership uh, struggle that we've had. And she, she, she seemed pretty disheartened, uh, heartened by it. But I asked her one day. I said, "You know, this is messed up." She smiles. She says, "No, I've seen it worse than this." So that that gave me a little bit of hope that day when I asked her that. But wonderful lady, we'll see. Uh, Adderholt's in line. There there There's several in line ahead of him. not exactly sure how that process works other than it's voted on by the steering committee.
0: Right. Well, and he he challenged for it last time because they were – I think they came in at the same time, so he could have possibly got it last time. So I, I know he certainly wants to do it this time. But talk about what a big deal that would be. For your and for oh, Alabama gosh. to, I mean, we had Shelby for those years, Um
1: and then well, you look you look at Mike, yeah, you, you you look at that. I mean, just just talking through the possibilities here, but you look at him over appropriations. If you look at Mike Rogers over House Armed Service. That is huge. This town built off the fence stuff. Uh, it, I mean, that is huge stuff. So Alabama is very. I've always told people this state of alabama is so well represented up here in washington uh we carry a lot of respect among our colleagues for obvious reasons and and you know they they as small as we are we're not but you know a voice of seven but they still ask our opinion it says a lot and we get along you know you're asking about barry and jerry and all of us we we all get along we all have dinner together we all do things together most states do not do that most states uh, the, the delegates, they don't get along with one another. They don't go to dinner with one another. They barely speak on the floor to one another. Mm-hmm. But uh, we're different. You know, we're different.
0: Well, you mentioned uh, Chairman Rogers or Mike Rogers having that chairmanship. It strikes me like other states and other delegations could use that against Adderholt, right? Like, well, that's too much for one state to have, a chairman of Hask and a chairman of the probes. I mean, is that do you think that might happen? I mean, I'm just thinking about the different ways that people would politicize that. I could see that argument happening.
1: Yeah. I mean, that, that could be an argument. I mean, you can, I've heard it said up here that, the you know, you can get a Baptist preacher up here to disagree with, with uh, the the Bible. Uh, You know, he, he didn't, the problem he has with the Bible is there's not enough Jesus in the new Testament. You know, you, you can get anybody up here to disagree with anything if you give them time enough to think. So, Let's don't overthink that. Let's let's see what Miss Kay, I know she's she'll finish this this term out, and uh, we'll just see. We'll we'll make it run with our Alabama folks and hopefully we can we can get at her hope and uh, keep yeah. Mike Rogers where he's at and we'll Alabama rock on. That's our goal.
0: Well, switch your gears again. I wanted to ask you about this decision from NOAA, uh, National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration, having to do with the rice's whale. And the they had this proposal that was going to essentially slow down traffic uh, around, the, around the Gulf of Mexico, including in the Port of Mobile. So, Noah rejected that proposal. Um, that's a big win for you uh, and for the uh, senators as well. So, talk about that. Were, were you pretty jazzed to hear that ruling come down?
1: Oh, yes. I, I'm still holding my breath. I, I find, find it hard to believe that Noah uh, did that. I mean, that that is... Uh, Uh, But with that said, I'll I'll tell you how it played out. We all jumped on that early. Uh, None of us understood why they wanted to shut the Gulf of Mexico down over a well that they've never seen in the Gulf of Mexico. They think they've heard one, one time, in the area that they want to shut down. They've never seen it. They think they heard it. So it confused us why that would be. So we all went to work. Uh, I'm on natural resources. you know I argued it on natural resources. We, we asked for you know some middle of why. It winds up it's a lawsuit that that basically an environmental group which so they, these, these environmental groups, I mean they, they are they are terrorists up here in Washington. and they'll'll they'll, they'll find something they want to shut down. They'll try to find a creature of some type or a plant of some type and then shut the entire project down. Well, their goal was to shut down the entire Gulf of Mexico to oil drilling. That's all this is about—is fossil fuel uh, uh, coming out of the Gulf. That's all this is about. So we went to work on it. Uh, We thought NOAA would uh, actually go along with it. I'm sorry, this natural resource, this uh, environmental group won a lawsuit in a court. The court agreed to allow this to happen. Most people need to understand where our tax dollars are going here. They sued under civil suit. They win. We will never know how much they won monetarily. We cannot find out how much of your tax dollars that court allowed that terrorist group to get. That's one of the things you're going to start seeing me screaming and fussing more about. Because I want to know what kind of money these groups are getting. Because somebody's making a whole bunch of money off these lawsuits. So with that said, they wanted it shut down. They wanted where a boat could not move at night. They wanted every boat not to be able to exceed ten knots uh, in in the Gulf in this given area, which is about a third of the Gulf. Uh, another third so of the what, Gulf is basically a bom- bombing site for for Florida. I don't, most people don't realize that. What's
0: ten knots? And like for those of us who aren't mariners,
1: uh, I'm gonna guess it's about thirteen miles per hour. Okay, but so that sounds very slow.
0: Miles.
1: For so, if you've got slow. a charter, if you got a charter boat that you got to take right now, you got to go three hours out to get to the snapper. You're, you're going to look at it going from three to about six hours. You can't afford a trip like that. So all the commercial fishing would shut down. All the recreational fishing would shut down. Think about you and your own private boat trying to get out to those same. You're, you're still, you're still locked into the thirteen miles per hour. So it just, it goes on and on and on. So we got to thinking, how can, what else can we do? So from an appropriation standpoint, I actually got language written into the, to the uh, Commerce, Justice, and Science Bill that prevents NOAA from using any funds, any funds to enforce the speed. So they didn't put anything they want to on the books. If they don't have money to pay enforcement on it, it's no, it's no good. So... I was able and we are still in line to get it done, but their their funding would be pulled away. So even if they did want to enforce it, they don't have money to enforce it. So you gotta fight what fire with fire.
0: Yeah, so well, what did for do though?
1: But you think about the ships coming in and out, uh, mobile port, that's one of the hottest things going on in America right now, the growth we have in the port of mobile. Imports and exports. I mean, we we are the number three export, I think, in the southeast this year. Uh, I'll have to check my numbers on that. But, you know, Savannah is huge. With a Walmart distribution center uh, down in Mobile, distribution center for their distribution centers. I mean, there's a lot of being stuff being brought in. It adds time and money to everything. Some of those vessels are about $100,000 a day to operate. You're talking about adding an extra hundred thousand dollars just in travel time coming across the Gulf. I mean, it just—it just starts a domino effect. It's just absolutely ridiculous for a whale we have never seen, but we think we heard. Mm. That's the king.
0: Well, I wanted to ask you about the port. Um, obviously, the dredging is ongoing. Um, yes, and the 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 federal government has made. Tremendous investments. The state has also made investments. I guess the the project is going to take a little while. But talk about the future of the port. What you know is this, and its its future role in the state, not just Alabama, but along the Gulf Coast.
1: Well, you you look at the West Coast with all the problems they're having in in the ports in San Diego and Los uh, San Francisco, and, and the ports on the West Coast are having tons of labor issues or having traffic problems. This is not stuff that's just happened. It's stuff that's happened for years. For them historically to bring it to Mobile or into the Gulf Coast region they'd have to go all around uh, S- uh, South, South America with these larger vessels. So by the Canal, and I was down there about a year ago, widening of, of the canal, they, now they can get those ships through the canal. So bringing those ships from China or bringing them from uh anywhere Korea, uh bring them anywhere from from that side of the continent. Uh through the Panama Canal, Mobile Port makes the most sense. So with with because it's a straight shot, we're about uh, two and a half, three miles to open water, which what that means to somebody that's not used to it, if you're gonna bring that same vessel into New Orleans, you're about 21 miles up river just to get to the port. Up river. So you're, you're dodging other boats and stuff. Ours is a straight shot. So once it's finished. And it's not necessarily the depth of what the canal was. It was the problem. It was the width. And it was deep enough and it was wide enough for one ship. But you got to build it where it's wide enough for two so they can okay. pass without running in the mud. The Suez Canal, you see those boats that keep getting stuck in the Suez Canal. It's because the sides are slipping in and they're not keeping it dredged out. And those, those ships are literally running aground trying to miss one another. So so that when it gets widened and deepened, you'll see our uh, import and exports go through the roof. We're set up on the auto industry. The state of Alabama builds a tremendous amount of cars. If you stop and think about Vance, Alabama, you start talking about Pale City, you start talking about Brighton Montgomery, you know, the, the big dealerships there. We've got a Avenue for them uh, to to ship out of the roll-on, roll-off facility that that State Docks has built. You know, the import-exports, most people don't realize the container idea that sits on trailers, that was actually invented in Mobile by one guy that was in the lumber business many years ago. Family's still down there, though. So, being able to take those containers on and off those ships in a timely manner,
0: we we're able. They just to roll do right that. onto the railroad track, r- right onto the train. Yep. Well, they'll, they'll, they'll pick a, them up with a the
1: train. Yep, or they'll put them on a truck, put them on a train, or put them on a truck train. We've got five different rail services that come in and out of there, so we can literally literally put them on train to ship them straight to Chicago, which is a whole lot cheaper and quicker than shipping them by truck. It's a whole lot quicker than bringing them from the West Coast, so it's just a win-win-win for for the the state of Alabama. State of Alabama's debt is a lifeline for the state of Alabama. Every job in the state of Alabama is affected by that port in some way. Thus, that's why the state of Alabama owns that port. They control that port, port authority. And I was fortunate enough to serve on that a couple of times, represent uh, Mobile, Mobile County on on that, but. But I mean, with that going on with Mobile as a whole, we've got a new airport that's going downtown. It's the old runway. It's the old Brooklyn Field runway. Uh, When I was taking my pilot's license, I landed and took off from there three times. And one the the, the runway is so long, you can land and take off. So it's perfect for these large cargo planes that are coming in and out. So we will start getting traffic through there on on the the, commercial, uh, commercial airlines so we can hopefully get our prices down because that's one of the struggles we've had in Mobile. And we'd love a direct flight in Washington, D.C., if anybody's listening. Everybody <laughs> else seems to have one except for us. We're excited. Yeah, we're trying,
0: trying to keep them. ours.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's, 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 uh, it's funny when I leave Mobile, the amount of people that I, I leave Mobile and get in D.C. that are on the same plane. We're, we're yeah. changing planes, but... So it's a lot of traffic in and out of D.C. that, that goes to Mobile because of the, you know, the, the businesses we have there. Sure.
0: Well, you know, seeing the new congressional districts, it looks like when you zoom in that a lot of that port, um, I mean, there's it's, a, it's huge along the, the bay there and the river. but A lot of that port seems to be in the second district now. And I've heard it people, is, you know, kind of. You know, really concerned about that. That oh no, it's it's not no longer going to be represented by the line by the first congressional district congressman you. Um, but you know, I kind of push back on that because you know, being from Montgomery, there were times that Montgomery was represented by three different congressmen, and it was a net benefit because you had three people that had to worry about your district. Where where do you fall on that? Is it going to be I, a? I, I uh, love a no, floor? I love the
1: way you're thinking. My 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 hope and my prayer is whoever wins it, which I hope it's a Republican. I'd love to keep that secret. But I want somebody I can work with. I want somebody I can sit down and compare notes. I want somebody that that that, that will be willing to hear uh hear see and I'm representing Mobile for the last ten years. I know a little bit about that board. So I need somebody I can work with and not somebody that's going to be way off and not really paying much attention because that port, again, is a lifeline for this state. We ship our rockets out of Huntsville through there. I mean, think about that for just a second. These big rockets, they, they're they coming down by barge. Yeah. So we're, it, This port's important. So whoever wins that second district, they had better be focused on mobile and that, that the shipping.
0: well politically they're going to have to be it's 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 a significant portion of that district now and um that's going to be a a really interesting race race to watch we're we're seeing it kind of take shape um well congressman i've taken more of your time than i've intended to but i really appreciate you coming on in the weeds anything else you want to make sure folks know about
1: no sir i just encourage everyone to have a Merry Christmas and a good, safe Christmas. Keep uh, all of us in your prayers. Please keep Israel obviously in your prayers as uh, we watch this plays out in Israel. We're all we're all just our hearts are being torn torn apart watching this. But uh, God bless you. and w- uh, God bless America.
0: Oh, all right. Well, thanks again, Congressman. All
1: right. Thank you.